Hello and welcome to the show. We are so glad you're here. And if it's Friday, it's Mayor Mondale Robinson Day. The mayor is in the house and we have a whole lot we are going to be covering. Even one of the stories that he has been reporting on over at Rebel HQ, so get ready. And also we're adding to that Norfolk Sutherland CEO was called to testify to the Senate. To be frank, he got the smackdown of his life. And it's Friday, but we decided we're gonna talk about a four day work week. David, we hope that a four day work week is coming to a community near you. And later in the show, we'll tackle how the GOP mayor, no surprise, refuses to denounce white supremacy. I mean, I, I would think that would be a simple thing to do. And then they could call the Democrats on playing games and say, y'all know we don't believe in white supremacy. Why y'all playing these games? But they ain't even shrewd enough to do that. How you doing on this Friday, mayor? It's wonderful. I'm back on Unbossed with with D Nina Turner. So I'm super excited and ready to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Now, don't forget to subscribe and share and let people know one of the best hours of their day could be spent with Unbossed. So let's get right to it. Norfolk Sutherland CEO went before the Senate. He was grilled, but it was Senator Bernard Sanders that laid it down. Take a look. Can you tell the American people and your employees right now that in order to improve morale in your workforce, that you will guarantee at least seven paid sick days to the 15,000? Senator, with our latest agreement with our employees, which included a historic 24% wage increase and access to premium health care benefits, we immediately pivoted to talk into each of our local- I, I do want, I've been deeply involved. I introduced the amendment on the floor, I know the issue. Will you make that commitment right now to guarantee paid sick days to all of your workers? That's not a radical demand, it really is not. Will you make that commitment, sir? Senator, I share your focus on our employees. I will commit to continuing to discuss with them important quality of life issues. Uh-huh with our local craft colleagues. With all due respect, you sound like a politician here, Mr. Shaw. It's not a deal. Paid sick days is not a radical concept in the year 2023. I'm not hearing you make that commitment to guarantee that to all of your workers. Senator Sanders certainly had more patience than I would have. I'm sitting up here trying to leap out of my skin, Mary. We're gonna jump right into this. It's a simple yes or no, sir. Are you going to guarantee those sick days for your employees? Yes or no, sir? That's all it is, either you are or you aren't. And given all that jibber jabber you were talking, I can understand infants better than I can understand you. It's obvious the answer is no, sir. You have no dignity. Man, I can't even, I mean, I would have been, Oh Lord, he lucky. I mean, Senator Bernard Sanders did it, but I would have went totally in on that fool. Listen, and you would have been right to do so because let's be honest here. Uh, we we have this guy sitting in front of the Senate committee talking about, he started out saying he's committed to making this right with the citizens or the residents of East Palestine. And we can't even get him to commit to providing sick days. And people will say, what sick days for his workers got to do with the people of Palestine? Well, if people are well rested, well paid, then they won't, then they, we could catch mistakes, but they're too busy cutting back on on people who are doing safety checks on their trains so they can buy more stock back. He won't commit to stop posing stock buybacks. 
He won't commit to do anything to show that he really is committed to these citizens and people. Only thing he's committed to is the bottom line. And we continue to see this problem from CEOs and when especially at the expense of poor and working class people. You can just give us lip service as if that's enough. This is tacky and I'm glad Sanders wouldn't let up on him. I'm glad he tore into him and you're right, I would have had some more stuff for him. Yeah, I'm glad too, Mary. Yeah, both of us would have. That's why we ain't in that Congress right now. They couldn't handle all of that. That was Alan Shaw, folks. Alan Shaw, remember that name, the CEO of Norfolk Sutherland on paid sick days for the employees. He couldn't answer a simple yes or no. So that answer is absolutely no. Don't be fooled by this fool. The answer is no. And you know what? The feds need to come down hard on them. They wouldn't be able to make a move. They wouldn't be able to sneeze without me being right there on their throat every single step of the way until they did right by their workers. And the mayor's point that he made about happy employees, if employees are well rested, they do an extraordinary job. It's a confluence of things here. And the man couldn't even simply do that in America, the hegemon nation that we are. You know what, America, we got a problem. I tell you that all the time. The Norfolk Sutherland has agreed to pay sick leave with some unionized workers. Now, what kind of BS is that? Some and not all? No, all means all, don't mean some. You see how they trying to divide and conquer there? It's BS with some unionized workers in recent weeks, but not the conductors and the engineers. Ain't that some sugar? Not the engineers or the conductors? Hello, somebody? What kind of sense does this make? You know what, that dude wouldn't even be able to leave the hearing. You know what, dude, since you wanna play games, let's play games. Go ahead and call your family, let them know they ain't gonna see you for a long ass time. Cause we gonna be up in here, up in here, up in here until you do something by these employees. It's a simple yes or no, America, simple yes or no. Now the sick days that were agreed on came for 3000 engineering craft railroaders who work for Norfolk Sutherland. But keep in mind, Norfolk Sutherland's total number of employees is over 20,000. Do you hear me, America? Over 20,000. These people are, they not even scratching the surface. And this man got the pure unadulterated gall to fix his mouth. To say all of that nonsense instead of getting at the heart of the matter, which is, is, is no. We're not going to do it unless y'all make us do it. And to that, I would have said, okay, sir, get ready to be made to do it. Cause y'all about to bounce. Okay, you about to bounce. Lord, I can't take it. But that wasn't the only thing that the CEO refused to commit to. Senator Merkley pressed the CEO on halting. The mayor just brought this up. Buybacks, take a look. In 2021, uh, your company did $3.1 billion of stock buybacks. And in 2022, $3.4 billion of stock buybacks. And as of December, had another $7.5 billion available to do additional stock backs under the $10 billion stock buy plan. Uh, that's quite impressive numbers for any American uh, company. It indicates uh, massive uh, profits. Will you pledge today that you will do no more stock buybacks until a raft of safety measures have been completed to reduce the risk of derailments and crashes in the future? Senator, I will commit to invest in continuing to invest in safety. We invest over a billion dollars a year in safety. You, you noted that you have a list of safety things you'd like to implement. Will you commit no more stock buybacks until those safety improvements are completed? 
Senator, I will commit to continuing to invest in safety. And you've seen over time the number of derailments, hazardous material releases, and personal injuries has declined. There's you know what, he's full of it. This is how I'm feeling right now. Again, the answer is yes or no, sir. Yes or no, what is wrong with these people? What is wrong? Senator Merkley laid out. The billions of dollars worth of stock buyback that this corporation is is collecting is is doing, but yet and still, this man again fixed his mouth to say all sorts of nonsense. It's yes or no, sir. Yes or no, man. I came with these people. You know what? The Fed they too nice to them. See, I, I would they would bounce. I would get my attorney general up in there if I was President Biden. So the, the full force and weight of the Congress need to come down on these fools and the full force and weight of the presidency, they create the rules of engagement. Instead of letting this man sit up there with his suit itself with a tie on and play games with people's lives. It's these ultra rich CEOs, sister, and you're on fire for a reason because we're talking about poor and, and working class people up against these ultra rich CEOs and companies that can spend $50 billion in two years buying stock back only to make their stock prices go higher, which means it's gonna have less ownership from poor people because it's even more impossible for us to spend the little money we have on stock and what they're gonna do. Nothing, he committed to doing nothing to make the lives of his employees better. And the reason they're willing to give some people sick days and not others, 3,000 out of 20,000 is because they know if, they, if they're mandated to give conductors and engineers sick days and also, and also make it two people on that train at all times doing that, doing that job, they have less trains moving. That means less money for them. That's all they care about. They don't care about your neighborhood. They don't care about you bringing in carcinogens that can kill you, that can cause brain, lung, ultra liver, or any other type of cancer, including leukemia. They don't care. We saw that when they when they chose to drop all of this in this neighborhood in East Palestine, Ohio, and then to do a step further, sis, you know this, the government went with them by sending it on fire. DeWine went with them. And then he did something worse. He shipped the contaminants to Michigan, not anywhere in Michigan, right? Michigan is sent, yeah. sent them to Michigan to the blackest part of Michigan, Wayne County, 40% yeah. black. And that's where they're getting dumped in the ground at. So it's gonna be black people, poor black people suffering, and poor white people suffering at the expense of the ultra rich class and capitalism. And that is America. That is America, America. And we can do something about it. The fool said absolutely nothing. Ooh, I can't with these people. Put up the more perfect union, y'all. The mayor and I, we we both on fire over this. I'm really, y'all. This is Friday. I didn't mean to, you know, come come in here like this. But listen, when people are suffering, we got to show the requisite outrage and not sit up here cool, calm, and collected. I had a boss who once said, "If you damn it, if your hair is on fire, act like your hair is on fire." And our hair is on fire right now for what these corporations are doing against poor people. It's something wrong with this country. Put me back on the camera, and you know what's gonna happen? This fool walked out of that Senate the same way he walked in there. And he ain't got a care in the world. And the people that he can sort with on a regular basis don't have a care in the world. See him and his family gonna be gallivanting somewhere this weekend while the poor and working class people in East Palestine suffer. The poor and working class people in Detroit suffering. The poor and working class people over there in Texas where they ship some of that dirt, they suffering. 
America, what the heck? Listen, let me tell you something. We need to stop being complicit in our own demise. Now, that Congress has power and so does the President of the United States of America. Let's stop playing games with them too. He wouldn't have walked out of there. He would have been there until he would have been crying uncle when we got done with him. Just go and call your folks, your family, let them know you ain't getting up out of here until something changes for those workers. Which means something will change for the communities. Something wrong with these people, I just can't even take it. Go ahead, y'all put more perfect union back up. I'm sick and tired of the games that these politicians play in these corporations. In 2002, Norfolk Sutherland made 1.1 billion in operating profits and paid shareholders 101 million in stock buybacks and dividends. In 2022, Norfolk Sutherland made 4.8 billion in operating profits and paid shareholders 4.7 billion dollars in stock buybacks and dividends. That's an increase of over 4,566. Let's keep going. Let's keep going, team. Put put up whatever's next. Put it up. Payouts to Norfolk Sutherland shareholders increased by 4,500% over the last 20 years. Put the mayor up. Let me tell y'all something, America. Oh, we're gonna put okay, go ahead. Put Robert, put Dr. Rice up. Then the mayor and I, we going into this. Go ahead, put Dr. Rice back up. Thank y'all. Y'all working with me today. I'm just all over the place. I am not following the script because I'm mad as hell. Shameful. There's a direct connection between Norfolk Sutherland's waste stock buybacks and its failure to invest in adequate safety. Corporate buybacks should be banned as they were before 1983. There it is, Dr. Robert Rice. Teach the te- teach teacher. Let these folks know this is obscene. Mayor, this is obscene. This is obscene. And so Senator Sanders definitely asked the right question. So did Senator Merkley. Like kudos to them. At the end of the day, though, that dude walked out of there unfazed the same way he walked his behind in there unfazed. Because the because the, the, the risk to him is probably the same amount the trip that DC calls. He probably took a private jet from wherever he lives, from his big mansion to DC with, with a cost of somewhere probably about a $200,000 trip, he'll probably get a fine of a million dollars. That is nothing when you see them spending building billions on their profit, but not their employees, not on the safety of the people who neighborhoods your trains run through their backyards, front yards in some cases, like the, like is the case in Enfield, North Carolina. This is absolutely disgusting and you're absolutely right. Until we make it criminal to behave this way, for companies to behave this way, we should restrict, if you have a driver's license, and you are negligent with your driver's license, the state which issue will take it from you. Why are we not taking these business licenses from these billion dollars industries that are doing this and showing up in the way continually? And this is not a one-off thing. And he can continue to talk about trains crashing going down, but we see how many this week alone from the same nasty company. That's right. In Ohio still, we had Springfield, Ohio. We had a, 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 a somebody die from that. And that's not even counting all of the other collateral damage, Mayor. Again, these people, they not, they they are not outraged enough for me. And that's just me. You know what? We're gonna have our viewers, they're gonna weigh in on this too. The outrage needs to be deep. We need to act like it's somebody in our family, because guess what? This could come to a neighborhood near us. Now we sick and tired, as as the great Fanny, Fanny, uh, uh Fanny Hamer said, Fanny Lou Hamer said, I was thinking about Councilwoman Fanny M. Lewis from Cleveland, but Fanny. Hamer said she's sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's not like these people can't do nothing. Let's put up this next headline, Norfolk Sutherland train derails in Alabama hours before this fool got up there and testified. Cause I know Marissa gonna be gonna put up the sign like rap soon. She already did it, rap soon. Wait, y'all put the headline back up. 
I'm just I'm just doing what I feel today. Norfolk Southern train derails in Alabama hours before CEO testifies before Congress. 30 cars derailed Thursday around 6:45 a.m. in Calhoun County, Alabama. There were no reports of hazardous leak. This ain't just about hazardous leak. Team, put me in the mayor back up. We we moving on. We gonna move on, Marissa. Look, let me tell you something, America. This is not just about a hazardous leak. These trains should not be derailing, man. We should not. We should not think that this is normal, nor should we think it's okay. And maybe it's just us. Maybe we too outraged about this. Listen, a deadly train is a train in general, not just those with chemicals on them. Any train derailing could crush somebody's child or somebody standing. When I was a kid, I grew up watching the trains drive through the middle of infield, North Carolina. It didn't have to have hazards. It could have been carrying orange juice. And it's deadly when they driving that fast, when the conductor ain't got proper rest, when the conductor can't get sick days. We can't we can't act like the only problem is hazard material. All of this is wrong. All of this, the overworking of Americans, the underpaying of Americans and CEOs living high on the hog in this manner where there's no real consequences. You come to an interview and leave and that's it. That's it, that's it and that's all, shame. Woo, okay, we going to the next story because if we don't leave this story, Mayor, we ain't gonna leave this story. We not gonna leave this story and Marissa will be putting the board back up again. Here we go, four day work week. I know y'all probably ask how in the hell they gonna go from this intensity <laughs> to a four day work week. We tried, we tried to bring some levity oh, to this situation. I sighed deeply, burnout is real. The mayor just used that word, burnout is real in the workplace and a four day work week might be the fix. Take a look at this. The four day work week is an old idea showing new promise. A new study from Boston College focused on 61 British companies with the shorter week. Workers reported less stress, more satisfaction, and much less burnout. Less stress, more satisfaction, and less burnout. That should be the goal. There are multiple ways to make a profit. See, there's a righteous way to make profits. But none of these companies are taking that course because guess what? There's no consequences and repercussions. Okay, I'm about to dip back in. Let me let me stay right here. California Democratic Representative Mark Takano recognizes that and is reintroducing legislation he brought to the table last year that would make the four-day work week a reality. Last week, Rep. Mark Takano reintroduced a bill in the House that would make the 32-hour work week a national standard and lower the threshold, triggering overtime compensation for most employees, good for him. The previous iteration of the bill did not get a hearing in the committee last year and could have a tough path to the floor uh, floor time in a Republican controlled house. But Takano is enthusiastic about his potential to help American workers, amen to that. Thank you Washington Post for this reporting. The bill has been endorsed by four day week global, the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations, better known as AFL-CIO, Service Employees International Union, SEIU baby, and the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, go ahead. and. Takano, Rep Takano tweeted this, let's put up his tweet. The data is in and the time is now to modernize work culture for the better. I'm reintroducing the 32 hour work week act to allow workers to begin reclaiming their time and their lives with no loss in pay. Amen to that. Your thoughts on that, Mayor? 
Listen, we 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 got to acknowledge this. Not be, even before this study. Let's just be honest. An anti-union person came up with the idea of a 40-hour work week. Henry Ford, right? Henry Ford said, "I'm gonna make my work week 40 hours so people can have five, so people can have two days off." But what people didn't understand was Ford wasn't trying to give workers two days off so they can relax. He knew they would spend more money, they would need more cars, so they would be traveling. He was trying to sell more cars, but. What we also know is there's no science behind working people 40 hours. Actually, what that study from the British, from from those companies, uh, those 16 British companies showed us, or European companies showed us that people are equally or more productive when they're working six-hour workdays and 40, I mean 32-hour work weeks. What we saw was that extra eight hours does not produce anything. Here's what our fight is going to be, and we're going to need those neoliberals to put their big boy shoes on. They will not. We should not allow them to make this about cutting people's pay because we're cutting hours. Because people can be equally productive at 32 hours and should get paid the same amount. So we shouldn't start talking about cutting wages of people because they're working less hours. That is That's an right. old idea that they're gonna try to throw into this conversation and mucky it up. And what you said was real, it's gonna be extremely hard. This was in the Washington Post, it's gonna be extremely hard to get a hearing in a Republican Congress, but it didn't get a hearing in the Democratic Congress. That so reminds you that our enemies, if you are working class and poor, it ain't it ain't one party. It's all of these rich folk that are benefiting from businesses paying for their campaigns. There it is. I mean, they could have did that in the 117th Congress, but they did not when they had full control. But here we are. But you know what, the mayor not good on good on Representative Takano. Good on you, brother. Keep on introducing it. All right, keep on pushing it. So the studies do show, and, and the mayor kind of the mayor went into that a little bit. The studies do show how how much more productive workers really are. Many firms in the UK recently have tested the four-day work week with amazing results. Nearly 3,000 employees took part in a pilot. When you want to be in a pilot like this, I know I would. Companies that participated could adopt different methods to meaningfully shorten their employees' work week from giving them one day a week off to reducing their work days in a year to average out to 32 hours per week, but had to ensure that employees still received 100% of their pay. They go on further. At the end of the experiment, employees reported a variety of benefits related to their sleep, stress levels, personal lives, and mental health. According to results published Tuesday, companies' revenue stayed broadly the same. Hello? During the six month trial, but rose 35% on average when compared with a similar peer from previous years, and resignations decreased. And why is that important? Because if, 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 corporations or companies do not have a lot of turnover, they don't have to reinvest that money in retraining people. Y'all see how this is working in America? We can go ahead and do this over here. Of the 61 companies that took part in the trial, 56 said they would continue to implement four day work weeks after the pilot ended. 18 of which said the shift would be permanent. There it is, what is good for the employees turns out to be good for the company. Hello. But not always what's good for the company. See, it's good for the employees. That don't cut both ways. What's good for the employee is good for the company. America, we need to make this happen. That's what we need to do. And really quickly, I wanted to tie in a history lesson from Henry Ford. Now, the mayor slammed Henry Ford just a little bit, but I'm, I'm gonna give him a little, I'm, you know, we, we walk in contradictions, right? He had his faults. Everyone does, but he recognizes the value in doing certain things, even if it benefited him. Hello, 
because the 32-hour work week would benefit companies too, but it is the right thing to do. So here we go. Not only did Henry Ford increase the wages of his employees, but he also decreased the number of hours they were responsible for working. Henry Ford decreased the shifts by one hour and gave employees higher wages. Now, come on, y'all. We can certainly do better than Mr. Henry Ford in the 21st century. Now, he did that. And one of the reasons why he increased them wages now, because he said he needed his employees to be able to afford to buy the car. Hey, I ain't mad at him. I get it. Now they ain't have to buy the car, right? But he said, look, look at here, look at here, look at here. At least I want them to be able to afford to buy the sucker. All right. And then he once said, we believe in making 25,000 men prosperous and contented rather than follow the plan of making a few slave drivers in our establishment. Multi-millionaire. You better say that, Henry Ford. He did say that. That's exactly what he said. Oh. Let that marinate. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to my favorite part of the show. But before we get to viewer comments, you know who comes up right after Unboss? JR Jackson of the Watch List. You want to stay tuned and go ahead and see what JR is rapping about this week. And then we got Dr. Rashad Ritchie on Sirius XM Urban Radio. You don't wanna miss the doc on Urban View. Listen to Dr. Ritchie's review Sundays, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Y'all know the doc lays it down and membership. Now you don't no longer have to be a viewer. You can come on up in here and become a subscriber. Yeah, do that. Won't you do that? Become a TYT member. You won't regret it. Join us at TYT. And then you can catch you can catch Unbossed wherever you get your podcast. So do that. Send it. Send the link to somebody. All right, here we go to viewer comments. We're starting with our TYT members. Wolf Dragon. Hey, Wolf Dragon. Love it. When the mayor is on. <laughs> Me too, Wolf Dragon. Love the show and everything you're doing, Nina. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Wolf Dragon. Let me not assume. Thank you, Wolf Dragon. And then Mountain Dragon. Hey, Mountain Dragon. Happy Friday, Black Pearl Dragon and Mayor Robinson. I hope one day I see both of you in a similar position like Senator Sanders and grilling those crooks to their faces. And on national TV, you two would be a fire and light in these ridiculous rooms and hearings. Much love and I hope all is well. You know what, Mountain Dragon and Mary and I were just talking about that during the break. Like they need a new breed up in that Congress. Oh Yeah, we would set it on fire at all times when it was necessary. Because when people are suffering, like you get tired of people being cool, calm and collected. I had a boss who used to always say, if your hair is on fire, act like your hair is on fire. And that's what the worker, that's what the people of this nation need. They need more of that righteous indignation. So thank you for that. And then on Twitch, we got Owen, the senator and the mayor are in the building. Hello, so <laughs> Yes, we are. Thank you, Owen, for that. And Melanie, they are they are trying to do a cover-up. Yeah, you got that right, Melanie. And then Mind Grifter, hey Mind Grifter, unbossed with Nina Turner. The forecast calls for <laughs> rain and fire and paper. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth, mind grifter? I'm I am subject to get out of my chair too. So that would be, you know, the ultimate. But thank you for that. And then on YouTube Super Chat, Larry Love Jr. All right, Larry Love Jr. Here she comes, the boss, Nina. Let's get it. Let's get it, Larry Love Jr. And Ronaldo, damn, bruh. 
I'm a few minutes behind, but I just saw how fast the producers responded to Senator, Senator Turner saying, put me back on the camera. <laughs> pros, <laughs> love the producers. I love our producers too. They are pros and the tech people and everybody that makes this happen at Unboss. It takes teamwork to make the teamwork. Ronaldo, you got that right. They was quick, what day they was on it. Cause I didn't just, I ain't following the script today, okay? It's just one of those, it's just one of those days. All right, the GOP does not think that is proven to denounce white supremacy. Uh, don't take it from me, let's take it from them. Let's go ahead and put up this little headline right here. House Republicans refuse to join Democrats in denouncing white supremacy. Yeah, this is 2023, not 1823, I assure you. These are 26 Republicans who are members who sit on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. The irony in that, here are just some of the GOP members who refuse to denounce white Supremacy, you'll see some of the usual suspects on this list. You got Jim Jordan, oh, Ohio, 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 Paul Gosar, Marjorie Telegreen, Lauren Boebert, Andy Biggs. I know y'all know some of them headliners right there. But here's how this all came about. Let us walk you back. Earlier this week, ranking member Rep. Jamie Raskin sent a letter to Chairman James Comer, urging Republicans to join him and his fellow Democrats in denouncing white nationalism and white supremacy in all its forms, including the great replacement conspiracy theory. Now y'all know how that went over, right? Though all 20 committee Democrats signed the letter, all 26 Republicans on the committee refused to sign. The letter comes after the committee's recent hearing on the front lines of the border crisis, a hearing with chief patrol agents. In a statement to Newsweek, a spokesperson for the oversight Republicans said the letter was meant to distract from the number of border crossings under the Biden administration, which have received record levels. This reporting is coming from the Heal. Oh, Lord, y'all something else. You know that? You really, really, really are. Mayor, yeah, let me know what you're thinking on this, and then we're gonna we gonna we gonna reset this thing. Listen, let me let me let me ask a question, a couple of questions. First, how is you denouncing white supremacy a distraction from border crisis? The so-called border crisis that you all are talking about. How are we not telling the truth about how Donald Trump created this crisis that we're dealing with right now at our southern border? Right? People can't even come across America's border no, no more for asylum. Seeking asylum always allowed you to come in this country and seek asylum. Actually, you had to get here before you could seek asylum. It was Donald Trump that changed that rule. Let's just be honest about that. And then shutting off the shutting off the border completely because of COVID allowed you to say the numbers were decreased completely. Also, let's be honest. We are at a point right now where we can no longer pretend with the Republicans. We can't ask them to denounce white supremacy because they are white supremacists, right? Lest I'm not even here to dress it up anymore. You can't continue with you, your friends, and your family all standing in front of the proverbial Confederate flag or monument and say we want to take America back or make America great again. And by make America great again, you mean when it only worked for white Americans and not pretend that you're racist. So whether you're from North Carolina, Georgia, or California, and you're a racist, you want your representative to show it like you. And that's exactly what the Republicans did by not signing this letter. Woo, that part right there, Mayor. In the black church, we learn to say amen when the sermon has been preached. So is this political theater 
Oh, the, the mayor laid out about the Republicans, true, true, true enough. But let's just go ahead and talk about the Democrats here. Now, I, I get the symbolism behind what the Democrats are doing, got it. And sometimes you got to have some show and tell. I get that, got it, right? But let's go deeper and let's get some substance going here. Uh, this is nothing more than political theory when it uh, theater when it comes down to it. This is exactly what it is because they could have denounced, they could have asked the Republicans to denounce white supremacy in the 117th Congress. I know y'all hear me bring up the 117th all the time, and I'm bringing it up because that's when they had the power. See, if it was important, if it is important to denounce white supremacy, which it is, I'm not mad that he asking them to denounce it. I'm just asking why didn't you announce ask them to denounce it when the Democrats were in power, and we can really get some things done. That's all I'm asking. I'm just like inquiring minds want to know about this. If they really wanted to do that, you wouldn't do it with a letter either. What the hell is a letter? Do you know how weighty white supremacy is? I, Lord have mercy on my black soul. So you, you, you pass legislation, see, policy, not papers, policy, not letters, the, the John Lewis. A Voting Rights Act could be one of those things, right? Or find your way to push through Representative Sheila Jackson Lee's anti-white supremacy bill. So instead of sending a letter, let's go ahead and push some policy, Democrats. Let that right there, which she introduced in January this year. See, it's kind of flimsy. It's flimsy. That letter is flimsy. When you could be pushing policy, I get it. Now I get it. I don't want y'all to think I don't get it. I get it, but it's flimsy. If they were really serious, they would push some policy. Now let's put this up. The Democratic representative from Texas has introduced this is representative Sheila Jackson Lee. The Democratic representative from Texas has introduced House Resolution 61, which would amend Title 18 of the United States Code to broaden the definition of hate crimes with the goal of preventing and prosecuting hate crimes motivated by white supremacy and conspiracy to commit such crimes. Put the mayor up. Let me tell you something. If they were serious, instead of writing a letter, mayor, they would have put Representative Lee's legislation out there and asked them fools to sign on to that. That's we know they ain't. We know they ain't serious. Listen, the Democratic Party is the Kente cloth party, right? They're not the Kente policies. They're not giving us policies that represents the gold, like in in that in those colors, right? We're not getting policies from them that gives wealth or spills spirituality or talks about black ancestors, which would be reparation policies. We're not getting that from the Democratic Party. So all we get them is wearing the colors, not doing the work. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's, that's exactly what you're speaking on. And I love that you're calling them out for it because it's absolute truth. Because the 117th was the place to do it, not this letter right now for sure. That's it. They wearing the colors, baby. They ain't about it, about it. <laughs> just not. I mean, we can't make this stuff up. The mayor and I, we just giving it to y'all. Now, or check out some of these suggestions from the Center of American Progress, because in case they need some help, they can put their hands on all kinds of experts from all over the world. But we got a Center for American Progress. They put up some stuff. National Blueprint to End White Supremacy Violence. This is some of the recommendations that they made. Leverage executive branch actions and responsibilities. How about that called executive orders? called using the full weight of your power in your office, improved data collection, research and reporting, counter recruiting and infiltration in law enforcement, hello, military and veteran communities. Those are just a few examples. So if they really, truly, 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 truly want to get rid of or try to push back on white supremacy in a very powerful way, there are opportunities for them to do so. But baby, send in a letter. Is not the way. 
All right, we got a WTF neoliberal moment coming up for you. I know y'all missed these moments. President Biden unveiled his 2024 budget yesterday. And while he did so, he made it seem really poetic. It's got me asking, WTF neoliberal. We will now kneel. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema, no. I have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Hmm. You know, I ran to grow the economy from the middle out, the bottom up, and not the top down. And I know when I grew up, my dad's kitchen table, not a whole lot trickled down, trickled down economics into my kitchen table for my dad. That's why I wanted to come here today and lay out the next part of my economic plan. The Speaker of the House has been, he's a very conservative guy and he has even more conservative group in him. But he and I met early on. He said, what are we going to do about the budget? And I said, well, let's make a deal. Let's meet. I said, I'm going to introduce my budget on the 9th of March. You introduce yours and we'll sit down and we'll go line by line. And we'll go through it, see if we can agree on it or we disagree on and then fight it out in the Congress. I'm rocking. First, those negotiations that the president is promising is with GOP. Definitely not gonna have. They're not gonna negotiate in good faith, and the president already knows that because he done served with them jokers for years, for decades. He know he knows it. As a matter of fact, he was the vice president under the first black president, and they determined from day one they was gonna try to make him a one-term president. So he knows who he's dealing with. Who we fooling? These fools ain't changed. Put up this headline: Biden will release dead on arrival budget. You got that? You got that sugar right. I mean, that headline is dead. <laughs> Biden will release dead on arrival budget, pick and fight with GOP, right? I mean, it's not going to pass, simply put. This budget is nothing more than political theater. Again, the American people deserve more than that. And here's some of what's in the budget, because I know y'all want to know. You're itching to know, we're going to give it to you. President Biden's 2024 budget, 25% minimum tax on all the income of the wealthiest, 0.01% of Americans increase the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%, raise the top tax rate to 39.6% from 37%, restore the child tax credit, provide the US Department of Defense with a 3.2% increase in funding over 2023 levels. Go ahead and put the mayor up team, cuz we about to get right all up in this. And if y'all can put that graphic up, but us up together, I would love it. But if you can't, that is okay. Mayor, the only thing they gonna agree on is increasing that military budget. That's the only thing they are going to agree on. You got Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia, one of the poorest states in the union. He stood in the way of expanding that child tax credit along with some other fools who were standing behind him. This budget is, as that headline said, dead on arrival. And people already know what I'm gonna say. And Mayor, you probably already know what I'm gonna say too. They should have done this in the 117th Congress. Absolutely. Not only should they have done it in the 170th Congress, they should have a budget that's more humane. This budget does not speak to the problems that's ailing America. These increases, this large military budget increases that this president is asking for is absolutely disgusting. And it flies in the face of all of Americans can be unhomeless. We could eradicate homeless in 12 years if we spend $8.1 billion each year. That's not my number. That came from studies from two nonprofits that focus on at City Lab. 
$97 billion can eradicate homeless completely in this country. That's not our priority. Our priority is to give the military industrial complex more money. It is to continue to act like we are really coming after the ultra wealthy by taxing them 0.01% of the most wealthies. They make the only people that should be taxed more. There's a lot more people that should be taxed more at that bracket in that range. It is absolutely disgusting to continue to ask the poorest Americans to pay most. Ronald Reagan had better tax policy than Joe Biden and these neoliberals. And this policy, not only is this budget dead on arrival, it was dead when it was right. There it is, man, they knew it. And, and that's why I keep saying America, like we must stop being complicit in our own demise and call this thing what it, what, what it is. Because you know what, man, if this was Donald J. Trump, neoliberals would have all kinds of stuff to say. But because it's their guy, see they need to center the people. And not the person that's holding the power, but the people. What is right for the American people, the everyday people of this country? That should be the measure. Then it wouldn't matter who's doing right and who's doing wrong. We're going to stand up either for or against it. You know, Minister Michael Max once said, I'm for what's right, no matter who it's for or who it's against. And that's how Mayor Robinson, that's how you and I roll. We're not playing with these fools. The mess is crazy. Put up this headline team, madness. This is coming from Common Dreams. Call it what it is, madness. Biden. Request record $886 billion in the military budget. Meanwhile, in the hoods where people are misunderstood, 63% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Good God almighty. Did we couldn't even get the Norfolk Sutherland fool of a CEO to say that he would give those people who are working, making sure that we're running, making sure that this economy doesn't stop. Couldn't even guarantee them some damn sick days. There is something immoral, okay, this is past. It is immoral what is happening in this country. You know, and we are not gonna sit back here on on boss and be cool, calm and collected while this foolishness and mayhem is taking place. To quote Amy Valella from the great state of Nevada. Is Biden trying to be the Michael Jordan, the military budget? Cause that's the <laughs> wrong record to break. Don't, don't even do it, Mr. President. Ooh, Sachi, you did that one. I know you remember this from December of 2022. Go ahead and put up this headline team. Y'all rolling with me real swift. Record 858 billion military spending bill passes the Senate. This is the only daggone thing that they know how to do in a bipartisan way. But it's not just the military. Look at this breakdown from Stephen Simler on Twitter. Stephen breaks it on down. Biden, a budget is a statement of values. That's what the man said. Biden's FY 2024 budget proposal, $1.1 trillion for military and law enforcement programs. You hear it here, folks. Steven, you did that. You didn't even take a whole lot of words. You took the president's words, what he said, and you put it up. It's a statement of values. America, this is what the president values. You hear me? And it doesn't matter if it's Biden or Trump or Obama. They putting up a budget like this and people suffering like this is wrong all day long. 365 days of the year, twice on Sundays. Oh, good guy. So let's the mayor and I about to go deep into this military budget. Now, Robert Weissman, president of Public Citizen, tweeted this. Spending 
$886 billion on the Pentagon, a number which Congress will almost surely increase, surely increase, makes the US weaker, not stronger. You better say that. It means we are weaker on healthcare, weaker on poverty, weaker on fairness and equality, weaker on climate, weaker on pandemics, weaker on diplomacy, weaker on attacking white supremacy, weaker on taking care of our babies. Weaker on lifting up the workers of this country. Weaker. Mayor, I'm telling you, he did that. That's it. Listen, just I want people to understand this. Just in last year's budget, contractors, military contractors, this is not the government, contractors got over $900 million. $900 million to this industry that we have no oversight over. Half of that money are people who contract with um, the Pentagon, right? And then the rest of them are people like Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin got 72 million by itself in one year. Come on, man. Come on. Military budgets are, are absolutely disgusting and they don't speak to the characteristic of a country unless they do. And then it goes back to what you said earlier about 60 plus percent of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe poverty is American standards. Maybe man. that is American. As American that's it, as apple man. pie. That's, that's, it's, it is as American as apple pie at this point. Now they can prove us wrong. I would love for them to prove us wrong. Go ahead and prove us wrong, Congress and the President. And my stunt double, she just had to weigh in on this as she always do about this time. We cannot allow the military budget to go up while we cut SNAP benefits here at home. It's unacceptable, that part right there. But like I said, it doesn't have to be this way. We can elect people who actually give a damn about the people. For example, there's a proposal right now by two representative, representatives Lee and Pocan introduced a bill to cut defense spending by 100 billion and prioritize people over the Pentagon. You better go ahead and say that reps. You better go ahead and say that. Y'all did that. Oh Lord, have mercy on my soul right now. I'm calling on black Jesus. Y'all know when I call on black Jesus, it's serious. Oh, let me go to the members real quick before we go to the next segment, which the mayor is in the star and role in that segment. TYT members, Mickey C. Hey, Mickey C. The good thing about refusing to not join the Dems in denouncing white supremacy is the Republicans openly advertising that they support racism and hate of white supremacy. We need to remind them of this constantly. All right, Mickey C. On Twitch, Suscat. Hey, Suscat. Mondale makes Fridays even better. <laughs> Go ahead, Suscat, get it on in there. Nero, the destruction party versus the performative party. <laughs> I love it. Everything but progress and policy. And on YouTube, Super Chat, Charles, even some corporate dims would not denounce white supremacy. Charles, hey, you get a paper throw for that, baby. You damn right about it. You right. Let's go ahead and call it what it is. All right, in America, it's a lot of things you can't do while black. We got something else to add to it. Drinking coffee or grabbing coffee while black. Take a look at this. How are you? Hi. What are you guys doing here? Uh, waiting to go to Starbucks in a second. Why? Oh, we have, is there a problem? We can't, well, can't so, sit here? Well, actually, let me tell you why I'm here. Mm, okay. Mm. I've been having auto break-ins in this parking lot every okay. morning around this time. Thank you very much. So I've been that. so I've been driving around here. Okay. okay. And I noticed that you guys aren't doing nothing but hanging out. Yeah, I just got in from and Vegas. So, okay, well that's morning. I've been driving all night. Okay. No, you're not going to detain them. No, you're not going to detain them. We haven't did anything. We haven't did anything. We haven't. 
I know that footage was difficult to watch. It was certainly difficult for me to watch. The mayor went deep on this on Rebel HQ. I'm gonna lay it out and then we going straight to the mayor for this. What led up to this point? Here is more body cam footage. The crime did I commit? What kind of crime did you commit? Yeah, I'm asking well, you, you, you have to ask you for my ID. Yeah, you have to give me your ID. Why do I have to give you my ID? Why? I don't have to give you my ID because I haven't did anything. You you started talking about a break-in. Okay. I thank you for telling, informing me that. Right. I informed you that I'm resting because I'm about to go into Starbucks, right? Mm -hmm. I informed you I've been driving all night, right? Well, Starbucks has been open for about two hours. It's actually been open since five. I checked my um, GPS. Okay. okay. Are you doing anything wrong? No, I'm not. So then what's the big deal? I don't have to give you my ID. I'm not doing anything uh, wrong. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. If she ain't doing nothing wrong, then what is the big deal? Mayor, go ahead, take it away. Listen, sister, this, this story was extremely hard for me to watch. This woman, and this is some background that people should understand. This woman sitting in a car having what seemed like a good time with her two daughters, who she drove to take a statistics test to get into college, was, was harassed, arrested for more than 70 minutes by these officers. So much so that she called the police on the police not to get any help. The other police showed up acting as brazen as this police violated her first fourth and 14th amendment. This is absolutely disgusting because people should understand. We are talking about California, which is supposed to be the progressive beacon in this country. Progressive beacon in this country, but what we don't what we don't talk about is how they over police black bodies over there, especially in this county. We're talking about Alameda County and we, we should make note of this. This county has a disgusting history of this sheriff department showing up just this way. Just last year, since this is important, just last year 47 officers in that state were no longer allowed to arrest or carry guns because they had failed psych evals on the job. Leadership didn't do nothing with it. And what happened was a deputy killed a husband and wife and an outside agency invested the psych evals of all of the police officers and found that the leadership just let it happen. Let it go on. So there's a culture here that I'm talking about that policing does not protect black bodies, not even when they're not doing anything. And then they try and twist and make you exerting your constitutional rights seem like you are criminal. I'm not doing anything wrong is a good statement, an accurate statement you say when someone asks you for an ID, which you don't have to give in California because it's not a producing ID producing state. So this sister was violated on so many levels in front of her daughters. And while this settlement may seem big, it is not big enough to erase the hurt that her and her, her and her daughters will have to endure for the rest of their lives every time they think about caffeine. Yeah, and he knew he was wrong too. He was trying to justify that stuff at, at you know, just trying to justify it, trying to get into their heads. I, I mean, this is disgusting because it happens all the time. This is not a one-off. And 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 Mayor, I, I want our viewers to understand this. Like this, this right here, what we just saw happen to this mother and her children. This is is this is older than America. See, this this was going on for against black folks from the beginning of the colonies. Hello, it was just in a different form. See, and when we were under full control, and then after that. After the 13th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America, they said, look at here, look at here. We're not going for this. 
after President Lincoln was assassinated. All right, that next dude that took the office, who's a southerner, gave them same southern folks, mayor, back the control that they had, and they went back to business as usual when the when the troops, when the federal troops pulled out of the South at the end of Reconstruction, which we re- really never ever truly reconstructed anyway, anything. It came in the fo- form of black codes and Jim Crow. Okay, so this is the modern day black code and Jim Crow actions. So Mary, I know we only got a little more time. So the family, they won. This happened in 90, this happened in 99. This, this settlement just, this settlement was just reached. The settlement was just reached, but this happened to them a few years ago. Few not, years not 99, but two, this happened two, a, few a couple years, years ago. ago. So yeah. a few years ago. Sorry, y'all, I'm jumping all the way back in time. Happened a few years ago. The settlement you, you just know happened. What's this? You're not wrong jumping back in 99 because we could find families, black families. Yeah, that no, I yeah, right. Absolutely. So it, it ain't like it, it, and it happens so often. It's easy to convolute what happened. So yeah, this family got this settlement. But like it I said, the in 2019. This happened in 2019. This happened to them in September, I believe, of 2019, and now they got the settlement. And mayor, the settlement is eight million dollars. Right, they got eight point five million, which is this the first large, the largest settlement in Alameda County. But Alameda a couple of years ago had the reward of five point five million and a five point seven million. This is taxpayer dollars paying for the abusing of Black people's constitutional rights. Right, and it's not it's not good business. It's just not good business to treat people this way. I mean, it's clear that could have been your mama, your auntie, your grandmama. It could have been anybody in your family, your sister. That officer had no right to do what he what it is that he did. And man, I'm so glad that you covered this story. I know that you're gonna be covering many more stories like this over at the Rebel HQ. And we want folks to make sure that they join you over there. And weekly, we are going to do everything that we can to highlight, to uplift a segment that you have covered over on Rebel HQ. Do you got anything cooking for next week? Ooh, the stew is brewing. I mean, white white supremacy is white supremacy, so there's plenty to talk about. Trust me, I got something to talk about. Plenty to talk about. The stew is brewing. Well, thank you, Mayor, so much for that. We cannot wait until next Friday. And we thank each and every one of you for joining us today. This show was hot, 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 hot. The only thing I did not do was to get out of my chair, but I'm working my way up to that. I've only done that one time. But let me tell you something, folks. You know what I want you to do about this time. I want you to keep the faith always. But baby, you got to have some fight with that faith. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.